Oh, hey, girl. It's Tess Rouse and Christina Beattie. We're the co-hosts and creators of Authentically Wild. A podcast that may literally transform your understanding about life, relationships, and your healing journey. So get ready, girl. Shit's about to get wild. Over the last century, the purpose of relationships has changed drastically. We are no longer marrying to create a business relationship, i.e. you make money, I'll raise our children, food, shelter, security, or even in a friendship. Most of us don't want a surface level connection. Modern relationships go beyond biological surface level needs and are jumping into the realm of emotional and spiritual connection and growth with one another. The problem with this new dynamic is that most of us have not been taught how to do this although our souls are longing for it. It requires the unlearning of what we have been conditioned to believe real love and true partnership are, and to see the role and responsibility we must play in order to create the conscious relationships we desire. In today's episode, we're gonna talk about this modern relationship dynamic, also known as a conscious relationship, what it is, what it is not, and how you call in this type of relationship or transform an existing one towards this. Hello. Hey, girl. How's it going? Good. You know what? I was listening to that intro. That's probably my favorite intro that you've done. (laughs) Oh, good. I did it about two minutes ago. (laughs) Oh, man. It was good. And I think maybe too, I'm just jazzed about this topic because this is a good one. I know. Yeah. These ones that kind of come to us on the fly are always usually some of the best. So yeah, yeah we hope yeah. everyone enjoys it and tunes in. And maybe before we get into all the juicy stuff, I oh, will yeah. ask any listener listening right now just to pause this episode, but wait mm-hmm. till I give you the instructions. <laughs> and if you could go onto whatever podcast platform you're listening to and press the little share symbol. It's usually a square with an arrow and share this episode out on one or all of the social platforms that you use. We really want to make sure that all the people who need to hear our podcast and, you know, these messages and advice that we're giving are getting access to it and know about it. And we'd really appreciate if you could do that and just help us in sharing this. Yes. Yes. I couldn't agree more, you know, and, and I was thinking about all of the episodes that we've done and specifically like the mother wound was a really big one that I felt that I felt like listeners really resonated with. We just Mm -hmm. did one a couple of weeks ago on grief and, you know, this is, this is why I'm so passionate about this stuff is because we both have this intention of just wanting to help anybody that's listening and, and maybe that's in building more awareness and looking at these pieces, but this is just such good stuff that's helped you and I along the way. And and that's really our intention is just, we hope that it can help whoever really needs it. So the Mm -hmm. more ear, the more ears it can get to the better. (laughs) And I find too, usually our, our podcast topics are on pieces that we vote either both really dug deep into probably recently or, you know, Mm -hmm. that are kind of in our mind's eye or are moving into. So really like following along on the podcast is like following our own journey through whatever we're going through as well. So, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like when you and I talk and we're kind of going over things, we'll often be like, do we want to share that? Well, we should share that. And it's, (laughs) so just so you all know, listening, it's not easy sharing Mm -hmm. some of these pieces, but it, I'm a firm believer that it's, there's a certain sense of freedom that you get in, in letting these things out and speaking these pieces. And also like what I found along the way is the more I share, 
the more this allows for others to feel safe to share and, and it opens up this piece of connection that I think we all really need in this day and age. A hundred percent. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So right on topic with conscious relationships, <laughs> honesty, sharing, connection, all of that good mm-hmm. stuff. Along the way on my healing journey, this piece around truth and sharing and vulnerability and connection, that's become really important for me. And, you know, I really started to look at this in terms of my romantic relationship. And I originally thought that this was the most important relationship that this shows up in. And I still do think it's, it's really important, but what I've come to realize is that conscious relationships aren't just with your romantic partner. They're also with your friends and your family. And sometimes this can be even harder, Mm -hmm. you know, like I think about some of those conversations I've had to have with family members and just showing up in a certain way that's felt really uncomfortable, but necessary in order to have more of that open, honest, um, conscious relationship with that person. And yeah, it's scary. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I agree. I can testify to that. Yeah. Yeah. You you know, I think a lot of the reason why it feels so vulnerable, we get so anxious about those real conversations showing up as our real selves with our real thoughts, opinions, and feelings is just because of the way we've been conditioned to believe relationships are supposed to be, Mm. which is, you know, we shouldn't really have disagreements uh, or, or deep discussions where maybe people's emotions get triggered, you know, um, where, you know, all of our needs are met. Oh yeah. We're friends. We see each other. Or, oh yeah. We have our partnership and yeah, we say we love you and things are good. But really I think underneath that is things are mediocre. Things mm-hmm. are stagnant. Things mm-hmm. are how they have always been and will continue to be why sometimes we feel sort of a disconnection in any relationship, friendship, whatever it may be, intimate partnership is because you're actually growing all the time as a person, Mm. right? You're always evolving. And if that relationship isn't keeping speed with that, it begins like the foundation to which that relationship is built on begins to decay naturally it it would Mm -hmm. if you are not showing up to that relationship in the same way that maybe you're changing or your thoughts and feelings are changing or your emotions towards whatever if you're not showing up as that person showing up to that relationship saying the things you really need to say that relationship will naturally begin to decay right Mm -hmm. because there is you're changing sort of the gap between you and, and where that partnership is Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of, of when I really started to dig into my own stuff and I would get these nudges. um, I would get these nudges in my marriage of like, something's not connecting here. Something like there needs to be something deeper here, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And it wasn't until I started to build more understanding and language around like some of the things we're talking about here. But before that, it was sort of just like a, something isn't in alignment, you know, Mm -hmm. like, or something is missing here, but I didn't quite know what, and then, Mm -hmm. and this is something we're going to talk about is, is that the relationship you have with yourself, as I started to build that relationship with myself, then I started to see actually what it was that was missing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really crucial piece that I know we're going to touch on a little bit, which is that it really starts with you. And mm-hmm. I think just kind of ending off this piece of what a conscious relationship is not, we actually call it an unconscious relationship, which again can be um, a friendship partnership in whatever form or an intimate romantic relationship as well. Uh, Esther Perel is a psychologist. I love talking about her. She's great on love relationships, all the things. And she says, again, this is more talking about intimate connections is that, you know, couples, all couples, no matter who you are, you go through peaks and valleys, right? And it's the couples that are the most successful are the ones that recognize when they're in the valley, but they remember how they got to the peak. And so, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, the spark always fizzles out in a relationship or even a friendship, like, oh, I outgrew them and whatever it was. But I would say that you need to question, am I showing up to that relationship with these concerns, with these thoughts, with these emotions? And we're going to get into some examples I know in a little bit about, again, why that feels so uncomfortable to do that. But, you know, I would say it's, all relationships do that, but there's also, there's an opportunity there to reinvigorate that piece, whether it's a friendship, a connection, whatever it is, but you have to show up first. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a conscious relationship, like that is almost one of the foundational meanings of it is that this is what these relationships are for. Yeah. They are not meant to be comfortable. They are not meant to be like happy and smiley all the time. They are meant to bring up in you the pieces that you can't see because it's supposed to be a relationship, a container where there's safety there, there's trust there, where this person can mirror to you, maybe the patterns, coping mechanisms, things you're saying, where those are areas where you need to grow, you need to expand. And hopefully you've done some of the work to create that awareness within yourself already or else you're most likely not going to take that message very well. Yeah. And okay. So I had a huge aha moment when you were just saying that you mentioned the piece around the peaks and the valleys and remembering how we got to the peak, right. When we do hit that valley Mm -hmm. and this is something, and I think it all comes together right now, because as we talk about the importance of the connection within yourself, first and foremost, and being conscious within yourself, one of the greatest lessons I've learned on this journey is that actually the hard pieces don't stop and the, the blocks and the challenges and the crises, like all of that doesn't stop. But if you're doing the work and you're building awareness and putting these tools into practice within yourself, you just get better at navigating through it. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of that, how you just said, you're going to have peaks and valleys in your relationships, but you need to remember how you got to the peak and use that through the valley. You cast a light on something really important that conscious relationships also aren't meant to just be like craziness and chaos all the time. That's not what we're talking Mm -hmm. about, but exactly what you said, it's natural for any type of relationship to kind of go up, down, up, down, up, down. But as you begin to build that safety, as you begin to become more aware about yourself and what works for you, you'll begin to see patterns on what pieces keep coming up. It it becomes easier and faster to move through that valley back to the peak, but it will come again and again and again. And that again, the outlook on a conscious relationship, that that is, is, that is one of its exact purposes is for Mm. those valleys and peaks, because if those aren't happening, you're not growing, Mm. you're staying stagnant. 
And as like a human species alone, we are meant to continue evolving and changing. Like literally just look at scientifically, like we have evolved. That continues to happen at a soul level, physical, human level, cellular level, all of that. Yeah. 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 And I think that this is actually a really good segue into like, okay, so now that we're kind of looking at what is a conscious relationship, what kind of, what kind of terminology can we use around that? And, you know, one thing that really comes to mind that is maybe I have a love hate relationship with is the vulnerability piece Mm. is how vulnerable are you, or can you be in that relationship? And with that vulnerability is going to come a lot of discomfort as well, you know? So vulnerability, discomfort, being able to speak truth, or if you're looking at the relationship with yourself, being able to be honest, fully honest with yourself, you know, I think that's Um, a key piece. It's not only being able to uh, receive it, but also to give it. And I'm not saying actually to give necessarily criticism or reflect pieces back to people, which is also important, but actually to speak your truth, because like Mm -hmm. we just said, that can be like, that can take just as much courage as receiving something Mm. from someone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, it takes the courage to do it in that relationship or with that person to speak it. And then on the other part, when you are the person receiving it, it takes the awareness to receive it Mm -hmm. and to be able to, you know, when I think about this piece of like receiving this kind of stuff. And we're going to talk about their conversation that you and I had earlier this week. It's like, you have to be present enough to almost be a bit detached from it, like almost be able to look over top of it and see all of the pieces, both your own stuff, the other person's stuff, what you have together, you know? Absolutely. And you know, I know later we're going to talk about like, how do you call in a conscious partnership or create one out of your existing relationship? But it's a good opportunity now just to say, I give this analogy to some of my girlfriends who are like, oh, we're going to go to couples counseling. And I always say like, have you, have you really become aware of how you're showing up in whatever Mm -hmm. relationship it is? Like, are you speaking your truth? What are your patterns? Where is your wounding? What are you being triggered by? Because if you think that you can walk into that office and sit on that couch with your partner and them go through their laundry list of all the things you're not, or all the things you should be. And you haven't sort of become comfortable with that within yourself. How do you think that's going to play out? Yeah. So like before we even get into, yeah, what is a conscious relationship? It will not make any sense to you until you have done your own self-reflection and self-awareness. And you will not be able to, as you said, elevate above and detach from it until you've really processed it and become comfortable with it because it's you're going to get defensive if someone else is bringing it to you for the first time. Oh yeah. If you, if you are not aware of your shadow and, and, you know, I don't know if it's interesting, the word comfort or like being comfortable with it. Like I think about some of my shadow pieces, I think I've, I've definitely learned to accept them and, and through working through them and understanding them, there is this level of awareness and understanding of like where they came from and how it all started within me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, being comfortable with your deep, dark, shadowy pieces, oof, that, Mm -hmm. and, and that's again, part of having a conscious relationship is because that stuff comes to the surface, Mm -hmm. you know, and you have to be able to look at that and, and, 
the triggers is such an important part is, is being able to understand your own triggers, their triggers, each of your patterns, like all of that good stuff. <laughs> it's exhausting. Sometimes. It's, exa- <laughs> it's exhausting. Well, you know what, this is a good opportunity because you and I had a conversation earlier this week. And so for anyone who's listening, who doesn't really know the backstory about Tess and I, we have been friends for gosh, like only just over a year. Like we've really built this soulmates. We are soulmates. (laughs) We've had many lives together. We have built this really beautiful friendship and it's just become really deep and connective, but also very honest and vulnerable and uncomfortable at times. Right. And, and this past week, We had an experience, a conversation that we had together where it really, not necessarily put it to the test, but made me realize that we really do have a conscious relationship because me and the kids came up to stay with you guys at your place in Nelson last week. And, you know, there were a couple of things that happened where it was, there were, it was stressful moments for me and just in motherhood. And, you know, sometimes just having the kids on my own, it can just, there can be moments and situations where it's just a lot. Right. And sometimes with Max's emotional challenges, I get, I can have moments and you really got to see that firsthand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we got home, you and I had a conversation and you brought to light a couple different things around the motherhood piece. And it was really uncomfortable for me to hear it and feel it and process it. You know, I was honest with you and I said, this is a lot for me. And I knew I was like, I could feel that I was really triggered. Mm -hmm. And I know now that that is my cue to step back and take time and process. And so I even said that to you, like, I need some time to process this. I have to, I have to move through this and just come to my own understanding. And I did, I took some time and I came back to you with it and communicated what I felt in my piece and, and what's really, really important here that I can see is that I was able to separate my own triggers and my own stuff, and also be able to see that you were coming into it with your own perceptions and your own experience, but also, and this is where the piece comes up, like us together in the relationship, the love that you have for me and the truth that we have in our relationship and your intentions, right? So there were three different parts to that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, although I felt very vulnerable and uncomfortable in taking some of these pieces in and looking at them, we were still able to really move through it. And yeah, so, so it was just, it was, it was an experience. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was an experience on, on both ends for sure. I think I had said to you that the, so you had dr- driven home and that day I was reflecting on it and I, I felt this sort of, you know, nudge inside me, like I had to bring this up to you. And I, it was like, I had like a, my soul and my human were like, yeah, we definitely need to tell her. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I could see exactly how this would play out, you know, because yeah, like any, like if I was receiving that, I would have been triggered as well and, and probably needed time to process it was a test for you, but also for myself, because, mm-hmm. you know, some of in my past, some of my pattern is like not showing up authentically and not actually saying what I truly feel. And, and I do feel like truth without kindness is cruelty. So again, like we all have to be careful, like how we're delivering things and, and all of that. But I knew 
like, I think I had, by the time I went to bed, I was like, no, definitely not saying that (laughs) in the morning. It was like this overwhelming like sensation to say it. And it just kind of came out and you've explained what happened afterward. But, you know, I also knew deep inside me that you would react that way, but I knew that you would come back. And so it's, it's really also, I think having built that connection within myself and that awareness piece that, you know, when you're in a conscious relationship, there is safety there. The person is allowed to react, but when time goes on, like they will come back, Mm -hmm. um, like there's safety to show up and say your truth and evolve that person. Like that's what I expect from you as well. Mm -hmm. And then that did happen. And so it was a test for me in itself. Like I can say this, I can be vulnerable and, and super honest and you will see it for what it needs to be. And you will come back and you did right. Whereas in the past, like with certain friendships, things would have bothered me or like, I would have felt like this overwhelming sense to say something. And I wouldn't because again, connection over self-expression, right? Like that needing to belong and keep our container safe. Meaning like I didn't trust the friendship we had built. Like if I, if I was too honest or too truthful or too vulnerable with someone, so then I would repress that. And then that's really where that deterioration slowly begins with any relationship. Right. And so I think that is kind of a, a fundamental step in having a conscious relationship is like when those things come up, having to say them. Mm -hmm. Right. And even for you being like, I need space. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because, you know, when I hear you say this piece of like, you were very much aware of your own patterns from the past and what the real test, uh, maybe not the real test, but one of the pieces was for you that you had to do in this. And it was interesting because for me, see, knowing my patterns, I shut down and Mm -hmm. I retreat when anything feels vulnerable or like I'm being exposed or like, I, I don't have control or power. And so I knew that I was, that that pattern was showing up for me as well. Like it's never been easy for me to see my flaws or to see that I'm imperfect. I mean, we all are, but that's, and, and, and in the past, I'll just shut down, disconnect versus you. Like, it's interesting how you say you will try to stay connected. I will just put the wall up and go on my Island. And you so see how this was very difficult because yeah. I also knew that about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you know yeah. what? I did do that at first when I first got triggered, I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. but then I sat with it and it, and it was super, super hard for me to stay open and vulnerable and see my pieces in this. And, you know, it, it just, wow. Such even just talking about this again, between you and I, so many different layers of learning and, and, it's probably taken our relationship to such a different level that we're not even aware of yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And for anybody listening, like this wasn't anything big or crazy. Like it was just Tess really had to make or help me see that I could be having better boundaries when it came to the kids and that, you know, there were just, there were just different pieces involved and motherhood has always been a very sensitive part for me. It's been such a big part of my journey and it's the hardest piece for me to see that I'm not perfect at. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah, just to give some, some context there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when you're in a conscious relationship, because those pieces come up and yeah, you want to retreat right away, but something Mark Groves always says that I love is when you're thinking about a relationship, not like whether or not 
you're necessarily just thinking about ending it or not, but do I have more to learn here? Like when that person brings whatever it is to the surface, even though maybe it infuriates me at first in my own space, when I, when I pull away to really think, is there truth to that? And if so, that person obviously has been brought into my life to show me something that's in a blind spot for me. Right. And is there more growing? Is there more evolving? Are they pushing me to become a better version of myself? If the answer is yes, then I would say most likely like there's parts of that relationship that are very conscious and that you need to continue nourishing and and flourish with really. Mm, yeah, I like that. Like I imagined like a, a plant and just like, or like a, a flower and just helping it grow and like adding things to it and figuring out what it needs to, to grow and get better. Yeah. Like I just, that was beautiful. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about what is a conscious relationship? What is not? And, you know, you and I talked about uh, an example in a conversation that we had and it's interesting. Like we had to be on similar levels of awareness in order for us to be able to have that conversation and experience go the way that it did. Because if we weren't, let's say somebody was conscious and the other one wasn't, we both wouldn't be able to kind of hover above and see all of our own stuff, all of each other's stuff and sort of where we're both coming at, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because in my healing journey, and I've talked about this a, a little bit in terms of like Brad and I's marriage and how we just were not on the same path. Like I started to realize that he very much wanted the same things that we both wanted when we entered into that partnership but I started to want different things. And I started to just kind of experience life in a different way. And what I started to realize, and this has actually helped me come to peace a lot more with it, is that we were just functioning on very different levels of awareness. And there's nothing wrong with that. We just were like, that was just the fact of the matter. And, and, and one thing that's really helped me see this a little bit, a little bit better and I sometimes talk to this about clients as well, when they're going through their own experiences in relationships where there's this sort of disconnect or um, they're not seeing at the same level. It's like, you're speaking different languages, right? You like, you would never get mad at someone who spoke a different language. You're not understanding me. You're not, mm-hmm. like, you're not getting what I'm trying to say here. You would just say, oh yeah, we speak different languages. That's why. Mm-hmm. And this has really helped me come to peace, not only in the marriage that I have, but also in other relationships is that when somebody is on a different level of awareness, they're just not, they're literally not seeing the same thing that you are, right? They're not speaking the same language that you are. And so you can't fault them for that. Mm -hmm. Like what a courageous thing though, for you to recognize, because we've talked about your experience in past podcasts with, you know, motherhood and not really being like a major rock bottom for you, which is where you started kind of your spiritual journey and dug into a lot of your own things and really grew, started growing your awareness, right. And, And becoming like very, a very conscious person. And, you know, I see this all the time with couples as well, though, like one's going this way and one's staying here going the other way, but most people just think like they just stay in it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I think like those fibers begin to get really, really thin. And for you to have recognized, oh, this is what's happening, you know, and we don't need to get into it, but I know like 
you did create a space to try and sort of save or like rejuvenate that or, you know, because we can never force anyone to change. We can never force Mm -hmm. anyone to become aware. Like we have to just keep rising and either they will come up to meet us where we're at on our path, but that also may not be their path and they may stay there. But for you to recognize that and say, I'm going to do this, not just for me, but also for you, like we're going to go our own ways because eventually, like you said, you can't get mad at them. But I also do believe if you hold on to that, especially in an intimate partnership, more or less is what I'm meaning, because that does define so much of your life. It almost begins to weigh you down. Like you can only grow so far, right? For you to have the courage to one, even see that, have the vulnerability to even take action on that, I think is a huge piece. Yeah. And I would say that that comes a lot from my journey with my spirituality is really realizing that on a soul level, and this is a lot of like the work that I've done in the Akashic records, especially within myself, like on a soul level, we have very specific journeys here in this life. Right. And I think that has helped come to that acceptance. Um, But, you know, I remember very clearly a conversation that I had with Brad where it was like a light bulb went off that I was trying to change him, Mm -hmm. that I was trying to like pull him to this place that, I don't think he wanted to be, but he was the type of guy that would have done whatever to try to figure it out. I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to put into words. It it was like, he would have done it, but did he want to Mm -hmm. like, did he on a deeper level? Is that really what he wanted? Because I think the life that we had before I went on my healing journey was what he wants. Right. And And that's okay. Like I'm not coming. And I really hope that when I'm expressing this, I'm really not coming from this place of like, Oh, I'm up here and you're down here. That's not what I mean. When I say levels of awareness, I think I just mean we're on different platforms completely, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe that's a, a better way of explaining it because I don't feel like I'm higher and someone is lower. That's not what I mean. I just think I see things. We see things in very different ways and you can't expect someone to see something the way you see it when they're speaking a different language. Yeah. You're speaking different languages and those differences are too much to overcome sometimes. Right. To then stay in a container together. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. It's a tough one though. Like, Oh man, it's like, and you, you know, like I talk to you about this all the time. Do I still struggle with this? Do I doubt myself? Of course I'm human. That's the human piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, and I think that's where the foundation I have within my soul is so, so, so important. And so grounding for me through all of this is that I just, I know that we're yeah. just on very different soul paths, at least right now, you know? Right. Yeah. It's always, it always interests me that, you know, with our friendship and we have very similar experiences or like similar paths we're going down or things we're moving through, but then they're also very different at the same time. And, you know, seeing um, you and Brad and, and what's happened with your, your separation and then, you know, relaying that to my relationship with Tori. And again, like both at sort of these forks in the roads and you guys chose a different path than we are on right now. And it's just so interesting because it's almost like within our friendship container, we get to almost experience both and, and learn so much about either or not, like, again, without going into detail, like I can see why each of us chose different pieces. Right. Mm, Again, like it just shows you like, 
each of our souls are all different and the journey is different and the lesson is meant to be different. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's so eye opening, right. When you really dig into all of this. Yeah, it it really is eye opening. And I find gives me so much meaning through through it all, you know, like it, like when you can, if you can start to see things from that soul level, from that deeper level, like it, it makes it really interesting. But then it also, I find, can be so grounding through the really hard pieces, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. You know, I think for for Tori and I, who like we had a a big relationship rock bottom, as I'll I'll call it, uh, about a year ago. And, you know, we were a prime example of, of what an unconscious relationship would be and whether or not you associate that with like what you and Brad used to have, where, you know, like we're kind of we're abiding by the rules of what society says is a good relationship. We have the Mm -hmm. house, we have the kids, we have the jobs, we have our little friend circles, not too much, you know, disagreements, arguing. We have our, you know, a little bit of resentment here, a little bit there, Um, you know, the sparks there, but you know, we're, we're entering into a decade of being together, right. That's like status quo. And by all means, that would be like the checkbox for, you have a successful marriage and relationship. Mm. Good for you guys. Gold badge. You'll be together for another 35 years. <laughs> a lot of that, I think we were, we were like coexisting together, mm. really, really believing that, you Ooh, know, I our- love that coexisting together. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but that is yeah. just such a, when I think of coexisting, you're like very much like separate, but just mm-hmm. in that space. Mm-hmm. We had communication, but I, again, and I'll get to this in a minute, but I hadn't actually dug into who I was and become self-aware of who, what my needs were, what my dreams were, all of those things. And I was projecting a lot of that onto our relationship. I think at, at a very subconscious level, like I wasn't realizing full fulfillment, full happiness because of this container. Right. Mm-hmm. And you could see then where, again, that slow decay begins to happen. Mm-hmm. And so as we were coexisting, Uh, I think really, at least for me, and I I believe maybe Tori as well, but believing that our vows somehow protected us from that natural decay of the relationship, Mm -hmm. meaning, and I see this in friendships myself, I've experienced it myself as well, where whether it's like length of your friendship, length of your intimate partnership, length of your marriage, somehow that will trump all the decay that's happening at the foundation, right? Mm. But like even the tallest buildings fall if the foundation is faulty, right? We weren't really showing up. We weren't prioritizing ourselves. We weren't prioritizing our own needs, uh, the needs of our marriage. It was kind of just like status quo, we're good. And we'll just kind of continue on on this path. And, you know, eventually, yeah, the rock bottom happened and we, we hit the fork in the road. And it's interesting because in our relationship, like there had been times where we'd really focused on it. Like, oh, let's try and like do lots of date nights or let's go to couples counseling. But none of that ever really created long lasting change. But with this rock bottom, I was at such a loss as to what to do with our relationship, with with the betrayal that had happened, that all I, all I could feel like an overwhelming sense was 
I needed to prioritize me. I needed to figure out who I was because all of that was shattered in what we had experienced together. Who was I? What were my beliefs? What was I interested in? What was like, where was my confidence, my self-worth, all of that? It's basically like I started over again. I, I realized in that moment, like I didn't know who I was. And how did I expect Tori to know who I was then? Mm. And I think like, we'll get into that later on in the episode, but that's really like step one of building a conscious relationship. I didn't know it then when we were in the, like the chaos of what had ensued a year ago, but now in hindsight, being able to look back, I realized like it's the best thing I could have ever done, not only for myself, but for our marriage, because when I did that, when I became more self-aware, when I began to see like all the ways I was showing up that were not great for building that foundation of like this conscious relationship, I began to work on myself and begin to really dig into some of like my wounds, which created patterns as an adult to how I was showing up, not just in my relationship with Tori, but also my friendships, boundaries with people, all of those things. And as I began to increase my level of awareness, Tori began to do the same and Mm. not by like any control, which is how I had lived majority of our marriage. I'd been like, you need to do this and you need to do that. And never once did I say that. And it was just this natural thing. And I really do believe like, as you become more self-aware, as you begin to become your more authentic self, people will either rise up to meet you or they will fall away. And either of those options is great because the people that are really meant to be there are going to be. And the people who are not, are not just to kind of end it there. Like that was really the beginning of building this conscious partnership is both of us actually working on ourselves, which, you know, experiencing what we did similar to any kind of like major relationship trauma, your first instinct is to save the relationship and to fix the relationship. But if two people are broken in different ways, how can you come together and make this wholesome container? Yeah. I don't think it's possible. Well, and it's so interesting hearing you talk about all of this, a couple of things came up. Number one, I think that this could really resonate for a lot of listeners, whether you're experiencing betrayal in your relationship or you're experiencing a rock bottom, we're always given a choice, mm-hmm. you know, and we talked about this in the rock bottom episode, which was also another really good one. I feel like we got a lot of good feedback from that. Like you're always given this choice of dig in, and figure out what it's here to teach you and show you because it always is, mm-hmm. or go on doing the same thing you're doing. Yeah. And you really made that choice to dig in, not dig into Tori, dig into you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and in that going inwards and starting to peel back the layers, you open up this space within you that creates the conscious relationship within yourself. Yes. How, how I saw it was, let's just say I said to Tori, this isn't going to work for me. Most likely I was going to call in the same type of relationship if I, mm, if I yeah. did nothing. So really like there was no more to lose. I was going to dig into myself and wherever that took me, that's where it was going to take me. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, here's like a really hard truth for people who are listening. It's that in unconscious relationships, we truly believe we just have to pick the right partner and we'll have a really Mm. successful relationship, whether it's a friendship again, or an intimate partnership, but in a conscious relationship, we truly believe we have to be the right partner, meaning we are aware, we are healing, we are growing ourselves. 
And that's when like the other people come or the right person meets us where we're at. Ooh, that was a hard one. Cause I'm just listening to that right now. And I'm like, <laughs> because <laughs> the onus is on you. hundred percent. But not, most people it, don't want to hear that. Right. No. And so projection is much easier. It's yeah. Them, it's them. It's them. It's them. It's them. I am great. And to be honest, like I'll be the first to admit, I've said this to Tori, I maybe on one hand could count the number of times I admitted fault, apologized, or like, you know, took onus of something in our relationship that wasn't going well throughout like the 10 years we were together until like this major change. Uh, And I, I truly do believe I was walking around thinking like, it's not me. It's all you. It's all you. And what a blow to like the head that rock bottom was. But honestly, without something like that, I don't think I would have become as self-aware mm. um, and owned my shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think too, you know, in, in touching on that piece, you said where it's like, it's, it's you, it's you, it's not them. It's you. <sighs> um, when you are, whether you're calling in that relationship or in a relationship and you're wanting to make more fundamental changes or grow more, improve, whatever is like, are you both showing up in that way? Right. Mm -hmm. Are you both building your awareness, looking at your own stuff, wanting to dig into the hard pieces, you know, and because just one person can't do it. Yeah. I mean, they can, but that's where you're going to have a lot of disconnect or misalignment, or you're going to be like, what's going on here? You know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the whole beauty about like the conscious relationship is that again, those peaks, those valleys, the things that are triggering you about your partner are most likely unmet needs within yourself, your partner, again, whether it's a close friendship or an intimate partnership, the sole purpose of it is to mirror back those things to you. So you can see them and so that you can grow as an individual and also together as a couple or a friendship or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so if you are just breeding resentment, again, I'm talking about intimate partnerships here, but like, Oh, my husband, he's so lazy. He's always laying around when was the last time you asked yourself, when was the last time I just sat on the couch for a hot minute? Resentment's usually envy coming mm-hmm. through, right? And like mm-hmm. women talk about it all the time. Women love commiserating together. Oh, my husband's such a, you know what? He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. It's like, okay, pause. Maybe some of those things are true about them. But the reason it's coming up in you, you know, is because maybe you're not giving those freedoms yeah. to yourself. Yeah. And, and when I hear you say that, you know, resent and a lack of boundaries, I always think about boundaries when it comes to resent. And like you said, how are the boundaries for yourself? Are you giving yourself the things that you need? Are you separating yourself from these things? You know? So exactly. That's a big one. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because in unconscious partnerships, we really do believe that it's our partner's role uh, to take care of our needs, but in a conscious relationship, we actually begin to take care of our own needs and begin to want to help our partner with theirs. Mm. There's a difference there, right? And I would say that's that self-awareness piece. It's like, what do I need to feel whole, to feel grounded, to feel happy? It is not your partner's responsibility. And that's a really hard piece for people to understand in, in a conscious relationship. Like you are your own person. They are their own person. And that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Yeah, They're, It's not codependency enmeshment. Yeah. Well, and this is really interesting. It reminds me just as a, a, a little piece here on the side. And then I want to, I want to come back to, and just like for reader or for readers, 
for listeners, I think it would be really cool to hear how you and Tori are navigating that conscious relationship now. Mm -hmm. Um, But something that came to mind there with what you were just saying is like that enmeshment piece and being able to separate yourself from the other person, you know, like, you know, I've talked to you about this a lot lately is that I have had to have not had to have chosen to have some hard conversations with my dad. Um, actually, uh, somebody who's been really expanding in terms of building a really good relationship with her dad was, um, this woman on Instagram. She actually has a handle, uh, daddy issues. It's really funny. Actually, she makes memes about this kind of stuff, but I was listening to her on the Mark Groves podcast. And she was talking about how she comes from a very Russian family and she has had a hard relationship with her dad. And one day she realized, I just want to start having a good relationship with him that is founded on truth, connection, vulnerability, all of that. And I just started having hard conversations, even if I didn't think he was going to receive it. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa, because that's been hard for me, you know, not just with my dad, but with anyone is like being vulnerable and putting myself out there. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to start to do this. And, um, I started to not shy away from these tough conversations with my dad. Like when something would come up, and I talked to you about this at length, I'd be like, Oh my God, I'm going to talk about this. And I was just like, no, I'm going to just start having these honest and hard conversations and vulnerable conversation conversations. And I think the biggest piece here is in terms of like that conscious relationship part is I separated myself from the outcome. Number one. And I, mm-hmm. I told myself that regardless of what happens here, the most important piece is that I'm speaking my truth. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying what I feel on a deeper level. Um, and also just being aware again of that piece of like my triggers and what maybe he would be bringing to the conversation and sort of being able to kind of hover above it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say that they have gone way better than I've expected. And I don't think any relationship is ever perfect, but I do feel a lot more connected to him. Right. Um, but man hard to have those conversations. But I think back to that piece of like, you have to be able to separate yourself from the person. And and if you find that you're like all up in their stuff and in there and like, that's your cue to back away and, and, and get back into your own energy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, one kudos to you because (laughs) I truly believe like the conversations that feel the hardest are the ones that will have the most impact on our life. And would you say that that was a, those were transformative conversations, not only for you personally, but for your relationship with your dad? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And worth all the anxiety and (laughs) and vulnerability you had to muster up. Yeah. Well, because the, the feeling that you get after, at least I, this is my experience when I have these conversations there is a freedom there. It's like, you've taken off this weight, obviously, because you've got the weight of like anxiety and going into it, Mm -hmm. but just also like the expansiveness that you can feel when you put your truth out there, regardless of what someone else is going to think or take it as Mm -hmm. that's incredibly freeing. Yeah, it is. And I think that's where they say, I've heard Mark Gross talk about it in a podcast is like, or no, maybe it was Aubrey Marcus. He's also really good if you want to listen or, or pay attention to conscious relationships. He's good with his wife. Um, that true freedom in a relationship is actually being able to be your full and complete self and be completely in your truth, no matter what it is, within that safe container. Mm-hmm. Like that's true freedom. It's not like mm-hmm. 
just being out there all over the place. It's actually being able to feel free within a safe container. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I, I love that you gave that example because I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that probably need to have a hard conversation, whether that's with like a coworker they work with every day, a family member, a brother, sister, a close friend, all the way to their partner, right? Maybe a child yeah. as well. Like, and I think you're absolutely right. It's funny though, how majority of us will sacrifice our truth and showing up how we want and need to show up because we feel that that will risk the connection with that person. When ultimately I'd ask, and even you, like, was your connection, even with your dad, not like, not that great, but like, aren't you so glad you went through that kind Mm. of trial to get to where you are now? Because it's so much better than what you had before. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that, uh, that authenticity piece, right? Like if we can't show, like we're having a fake surface level relationship here and I'd rather just keep that than have to go through the feeling of being uncomfortable. Yeah. And like, I mean, a lot of marriages that are, you know, decades in where there's resentment and people just are not speaking. If you are in the point in your relationship where now we're just not talking about the stuff, that is a red flag. Yeah. That is, that is not good. You are basically sacrificing like almost your life in a way in order to just maintain some connection that ultimately is not serving you. Mm -hmm. So it's time to like pull up your big girl pants, big boy pants, and like muster up the strength and really be vulnerable and honest because what more do you have to lose? Yeah. And, and I think in saying that, if you are finding a lot of resistance to that conversation that, you know, you want to have or need to have sit with the fears that are coming up for you, potentially a fear of rejection, Mm -hmm. a fear of losing the connection, a fear of being fully seen and being Mm -hmm. vulnerable, like all of that, there's probably lots of that under the surface. And I think you need to be able to see that before going in. Otherwise you're kind of just bypassing it. Like, you know, I think that's a really important piece to say as well, because I did have to sit with a lot of that. Like if I'm not fully accepted in this conversation, how will I handle that? If, if this is said, how will I handle that? You know, and, and I think that helps alleviate some of those fears. Yeah. And I will say as well, we're not talking about honest dialogue. Like when you're in the heat of a full blown argument, you're like, yeah, well, you know what? I don't like you because of this. Like (laughs) We are not saying that Mm -hmm. (laughs) we are saying like deliberate thought out thought provoking conversation that you're going to bring to the table. Maybe you're going to forewarn that person. Uh, You're going to think out, you're not going to become reactive. You're Mm -hmm. going to speak again from your experience. This is how I am feeling. These are the stories I am telling myself. Mm -hmm. This is not a shaming conversation. This is not a blaming, like none of that. This is full ownership of here's how I'm feeling. Here's, you know, the issues I see. Here's how I want to change and make things better. Like, you know what I mean? And being open and ready to receive as well as give. It's very different than like a heated argument. I don't want any wives or husbands going home like, okay. (laughs) Here's here's the laundry list. (laughs) We're going to get really honest and vulnerable today. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so in regards to you know, you talked a little bit about your and Tori's journey in the beginning for anyone listening, this might be expanding for them is to hear how you guys are doing now with all of that in terms of having that conscious relationship, um, you know, potential challenges you guys have or successes. Like what does that look like now for Mm -hmm. you guys? 
Well, it's still a work in progress as Mm -hmm. most things always are. Um, I would just say that, you know, pre everything, Tori and I, we were having conversations, communication was fine. It just wasn't on a deep enough level. And, you know, where, where I'm going with that is that, you know, like resentment was building again, I was feeling like if I really expressed how I truly felt created really big boundaries for like growth and where I wanted our relationship to go, I would lose him. And, you know, that was also just a past childhood wound for me. Like my mother estranging from me because she, you know, didn't want our relationship anymore. So of course I would pull that forward into, into my marriage. Right. And I kind of got to that place though, after that, like I had nothing left to lose. We deliberately have intentional, open conversations. Tori actually is much better at continuing the conversation. I, a lot of like my ego shows up because being a recovering perfectionist, like you had said earlier, it's very hard for me to hear where I am not perfect, where my Mm -hmm. faults are, where my patterns are, you know, damaging us in some way. I will say though, (laughs) I've made a lot of progress, but you know, there are points too, where I have to say, I need a minute. I have to go away. And like, it's, it's really that piece I mentioned about like two people going to a counseling office. It's even in like a dialogue together. I have to go away and almost digest the things he said and figure out like, what do, what is true for me in that? And where is Tori maybe projecting? And once I have grappled with it, then I can kind of calm myself and come back to that conversation still being open. Because if I don't give myself that minute, because maybe he's near to me, a piece I didn't ever think about. Yeah. I will just become defensive and shut him down or I will just walk away Yeah, because that's like my avoidant attachment style. Right. He, again, this being a conscious relationship, something where we're both bringing our strengths, weaknesses, like he is better at continuing that conversation, continuing to push me on, you know, resolving whatever issue or talking about how we're going to work through it. Parenthood is a big one for us. You know, we've really changed the way that we're parenting with setting like boundaries with the kids, but also like gentle parenting without using like fear and punishments uh, with them and really like holding space for them, which was a big change for both of us. But I swear it's like a daily meeting. (laughs) Like, Mm. okay, so today, like what happened? And, you know, I used to just go in again, like, well, our vows are like, we're good. Like things are cemented, signed, sealed, delivered. Yeah, we don't need to do this, but for anyone out there thinking that once you're married or once your friendships pass, like, you know, the seven year mark, like we just don't have to work on it anymore. That is the most opposite way of thinking. And I am guilty of it. So I can fully say it like your marriage, your relationship, they still require work actually probably more now than they ever did. Yes. Right. Because as you go along, you will dig deeper and deeper and deeper. And those will be the harder and harder and harder things to hear. But again, the point of the conscious relationship is that is the point. Yes, We want to grow together. We want to evolve together. Do we have hard days? Absolutely. I think I was just crying this past weekend, (laughs) but it's kind of like, again, I asked myself, like, do I have more here to learn? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And if he is, and I am continuing to grow each other and evolve our relationship, how we show up as individuals in the world with each other, with our kids, like sign me up. Yeah. Whereas yeah. maybe like five years ago, I would have been like, absolutely not. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and, and I think too, like what, 
when you said that piece around, you almost have to put more work in as it goes on, you know, what came to mind was, and this was really interesting for me to learn along the way is when we enter into a partnership with someone, there's all these chemicals going on Mm -hmm. and like feels good and everything is high and all the love and this person is, can do no wrong. And, Mm -hmm. and then the chemicals start to wear off Mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh, who love hangover. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And whether that's at the year mark, the three year mark, the six months, like whatever that is, that's where the work begins. You want to be in a conscious relationship because you got to start to do some work together. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't already started to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, and Um, I think that's part of what it is, right. Is like knowing like, what does that person really need and want? And how can I show up and give them like begin really listening and tuning in? Cause I, again, I think a lot of us like, well, here's what I need and they're not giving that to me. So blah, 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 blah. And then again, that deterioration begins and it's, it's like a slow death. Mm. Death of a thousand cuts. I think we we heard that on something. It is. And then almost like those issues become so big, they become like insurmountable. Like we can't even begin to figure out how to tackle them. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. Well, we've, we've actually picked up on a lot of pieces here. Um, I'm wondering if we can leave listeners with this piece around, okay, whether you're in a relationship or calling one in, what are the different things that you can do to either call that in or evolve what you currently have? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the big pieces that we talked about was doing your own inner work. Like you have to be able to see your stuff, your triggers, your patterns, your past pain, like what it is that you're bringing into the relationship that you will potentially project onto that person. Um, yeah, I think that is like the number one most important thing. I would a hundred percent agree with you. Like I, I chalk it up to self-responsibility and self-awareness, right? Where can I do better? What skills do I need to work on? What are my patterns, traumas, coping mechanisms, and also like self-responsibility. What do I really need? Mm. How am I going to prepare myself to really stand in that? Mm. Because if you do one without the other, you show up as a better person, but you actually don't meet your own needs, right? Yeah. So it's not only showing up as a better person for yourself and for others, but also ensuring that whatever is deep down there, no matter how hard it may be, no matter what the fear, anxiety may be that this person's not going to love me if I tell them like, I really need this or whatever it is, like the conversation you had to have with your dad, like you're doing yourself a disservice. So I think it's yes. both, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would say too, like on the topic of my relationship with my dad, if you are trying to call something like this in, I would say, look at all your other relationships. Are you practicing Mm. or, or trying to embody a conscious relationship in your friendships with family members, the ones that, that are willing to do that. And I think also on the side of that is you really have a choice here when it comes to your relationships, because not everyone in your life is going to want to show up in this way. They, they might have a different path, right? And so you have a choice, whether you accept that relationship for what it is, or you let it go. Yes. It, it doesn't, you don't, if you don't want every relationship to be like that, it doesn't have to be, but I think you do have to come to a, a certain level of acceptance if that's the case. Yeah. I love that description. Like, yeah, being okay with where it is or kind of pushing that relationship to grow where you want or need it to be. 
Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I love it now being more conscious and, and aware when friends are always like, you know, it really used to bother me when you, when you did this. And I'm always like, why didn't you say anything? But it's like, well, was I saying stuff? Probably not. Mm. But now that I am like, I do expect it like reciprocated yeah. back. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's just so interesting how there's so much fear and anxiety with people, even within like trusted relationships of like 20, 30 years, like they just really feel like that one message is going to sever all everything they've built. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's just so interesting. You know, I used to think that communication, like our lack of communication was how all relationships eventually fizzled specifically more intimate uh, romantic partnerships. But like in my own experience, and just through all the research I've done on this topic, like really it's, it's more a slow deterioration of your friendship and the closeness and Mm -hmm. meaning like we have control over those pieces. And so it's really when we are just becoming complacent and checking out that, that friendship and the closeness begins to erode. Mm -hmm. I find like when we're not showing up, when we're not saying the things we really need to say, when we're not being open to receiving them and that's the death by a thousand cuts and really just coexisting in a friendship or with your partner to me is just a means to an end. Yeah. And, and, and the word that comes to mind when I hear you saying that is like, how present are you in that relationship? Literally, I have the title being present. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yes, so let, let's leave our listeners with that. Like maybe something you can ask yourself if this mm-hmm. is some, a path you want to start to go down or you're thinking about the different ways in which you want to enhance relationships is how present are you in those relationships, you know, mm-hmm. as, a, as a starting point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And if you know, if you're full of resent, things aren't going well, like what do you have to lose? Like mm-hmm. show up, be present. Like what you're saying, don't be complacent. Don't check out, check in choose yourself, choose each other and like re-engage like you, if again, the two people are both wanting to grow, they both want that, that it obviously needs to be there. It is possible, whether that's a friendship or an intimate relationship, it's a hundred percent possible. I've done it myself. Like I know it to be true, but again, it takes a lot. So make sure you're ready for that because it's not easy. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. Well, in saying that, I hope that you, if you're listening to this, you were able to take something from this episode. Um, if you have any questions, you can contact Tess or I. You can reach Tess at Her Unearthed on TikTok and Instagram. And you can reach me, Christina, at Christina.SoulEmpowered on TikTok and Instagram. And we thank you guys for listening. Please, if you can, share this episode or share any episodes that you've enjoyed mm-hmm. and tag us in it. Let us know what you think. Comment, like, review, whatever. We love you guys. Yes. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.